Uh, I want to tell you uh, for a moment here about uh, if you kind of think for a second and think about where you really see yourself and your family in the next year, financially and otherwise. Now, about the next five years, are you doing okay in that mental picture? Uh, Right now, it's hard to think that five years down the road could be okay. But maybe, I mean, at least if you're thinking about your financial future, maybe it can. Have you avoided spending beyond your means? Are you and your family on good footing? Um, if things go badly with the economy, uh, what do you do? Um, it's, it's fairly likely that the American, uh, economy is, is, is going to have its ups and downs, uh, to be very kind. And it's really important that you make the best financial uh, uh, decisions possible. American Financing has been helping people uh, just like you, just like me, take charge of their financial house for over two decades. Their team of dedicated and qualified mortgage consultants are waiting only for a phone call from you to help you get started. Whether it's an entire refinancing of your mortgage uh, at a lower interest rate, one that won't restart your loan, uh, by the way, which is nice, or a consolidation loan that gets you out of your uh, other debt, predatory credit cards and all that other nonsense. American Financing is here to help you. Call American Financing 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. America, uh, there has been an explosion at the Abbey Gate, um, the in Kabul at the airport. Uh, there has been warnings uh, that started about 12 hours ago that uh, there were there were reports that a, a a bomb might go off at one of the gates. We believe this is the English Gate. Uh, I would imagine it's named after the Abbey Gate in Canton, in England. Um, but I'm not sure. There's there's the American gate. The I believe it's the German gate and the American uh, and the American English German and American gate. I think this is the English. Um, it, this is a very very bad situation, and it's happening just at the time when our last uh, military are uh, loading up and taking off. Um, it, it, our allies are being left behind. Americans are being left behind. This is a very, very bad situation for America. The ramifications are are too enormous, I think, to even begin to speculate, but I'm gonna ask somebody who's far smarter than I am, Victor Davids uh, Hansen, to tell us historically the comparisons and where he thinks this goes next. The ramifications live from the Middle East. This is the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. Jerry is tough as nails. He grew up on a farm and by the time he was an adult, he was in incredible shape from long hours of farm work and years of playing soccer and boxing. <laughs> you know, basically the same life I've led. As he got older, though, Jerry started to notice that he was developing a lot of pain through his body. All of that exercise and hard work began to catch up on him, and he didn't feel as good anymore. That's when he discovered Relief Factor. 
He said within a few weeks of taking it, his pain was down to a minimum. And today, at 71, he's back to being active. Relief Factor, not a drug developed by doctors. And 70% of the people who try go on to order more. Order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. What do you have to lose? Get out of pain. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. I'm live in the Middle East in a uh, country that does not want to be named. Uh, They are afraid of repercussions from the terrorists that are now going to be taking over this region. Uh, Not only ISIS, but uh, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda will be back, and the Taliban. Um, There was just a what is being described as a complex suicide bombing. Um, we don't have any of the details. Please pray. We have a we have a plane full of uh, refugees that is sitting on the tarmac right now. I don't have word if it has taken off yet or not. It had mechanical problems. David, is it still on the tarmac? Do you know? As far as we know, still on the tarmac. Um, we also have one of our partners uh, in this is uh, Chad Robocho, who's supposed to be with us from the Kabul airport in about half an hour. Um, I believe he and his team uh, are still down, and I, I will ask him to tell you a story that happened last night, and God forbid, this is going to change, this explosion could change everything when you hear the story of what happened with our 81st airborne um a while ago uh okay let's uh let's go to victor davis hansen who is uh on with us who uh is a, a historian and a a really great political conservative uh thinker victor how are you sir very good thank you for having me glenn you bet um I, I just I, I'm, we just got this news about this explosion and I'm here in the Middle East and it is um, I am I'm having a hard time concentrating because I'm thinking about all of the people that are on the ground and uh, what all of this means. Can you can you war game this out for us? What what does this debacle over the last week in Afghanistan? What is this going to do to America? Well, there's a lot of. I mean, we have to put it in some kind of historical context, Glenn. The amount of military hardware and equipment that we lost would have is enough to supply Israel with our current military aid for 35 years. So people oh don't gosh. have any idea. So we've got to keep that in context. We I can't think of any historical parallel where the United States military abroad working in concert with its contractors that supplied them that fed them that offered security in some situations when they were off duty i've never seen a situation where the military pulled out first and left them uh for their, to fend for themselves i've never seen a situation Why would it, where can you can, i i've i've never seen that either and i cannot think of a reason we would do this i mean we have people still think, on the ground we have we have humanitarian yeah. efforts still on the ground, and they are pulling out before we are. Why? I think it was because he arbitrarily defined, just made a construct out of the idea that whether we are in Afghanistan or not would be defined narrowly by the troops only. And so he often even 
you know, he, he slips and lets the truth come out when he says, well, if they don't want to come out. So in his vision, once the last American soldier is out, then he's done and he can say before 9-11, I'm the president that got us out. But all the other people didn't want to come out. And I think that's what he's been thinking of. And so it's kind of crazy. But we've never had the situation before either. And then we've never looked at casualties and fatalities in terms of how many people did not suffer. It would be like Lori Lightfoot telling us this weekend, we had 100,000 people in Chicago that weren't shot. Now, that's nice, but it doesn't tell us how many people were shot. So we're, we're told this is how many people got out. This is how many people got out. But they never tell us how many people are left there. And so we have no idea. That's what we're worried about. We, we like the idea that we're bringing people out. But the key number is how many people are left there? Where are they? How can we get them out? And you get the impression that once we're out, i.e. the military is out, we could have a thousand Bo Bergdahl situations all over the country. And we know that just one person who, you know, left his post under dubious circumstances, probably treasonous circumstances, paralyzed the country to hand over four Taliban kingpins. But you can imagine we could have a magnitude of that several times over. So I, I have talked to people on the ground. I have talked to... Um um, leaders of uh, ambassadors of other countries. And, um, you know, last night, uh, Parliament was talking about how they will not do any joint operation with this administration, um, that they are done. We have betrayed all of our allies. Uh, England is still, they're still on the ground. They're not leaving when we're leaving, they're 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 at least staying till the 31st. I, I don't know why we're pulling out with still days to go before the 31st. I, I don't either. I don't know why we handed over the most valuable piece of strategic real estate in the Middle East, the Bagram Air Force Base. It was defensible. It was the logical nexus where if we wanted to continue the graduated withdrawal, we could have done it all summer long all fall without any worry because it was secure. We had 100% air superiority. So that made no sense. As far as the NATO allies, on a lot of key initiatives, they were starting to bristle before this. And that is they did not want to join Joe Biden in uh, sort of clamping down on Chinese mercantile theft and a lot of Chinese expansionism. They were very wary, the Germans particularly, about confronting Vladimir Putin's aggressions in Eastern Europe and the former Soviet republics. They were very wary about not getting back into the Iran deal. They wanted to get back in the Iran deal. And so on all these issues that we thought we were going to have a common front, they're all going to start freelancing. And I don't know how you you get them back on the same page. And it's highly ironic because Donald Trump, after forcing them to pony up another $100 million and promised military preparedness was ostracized and caricatured as the anti-NATO person. He actually made the alliance stronger, although they might not have liked it publicly. And Biden was supposed to restore this international fervor among all the members, and yet he's almost destroyed it. Um, if you were, I asked uh, Neil Ferguson this the other day, and you both are historians. If we continue on this track, put yourself as a historian 50 years from now. 
How do you write about this time period? Well, what do you say? It's a a cultural suicide. In other words, if you look at all of the stuff of civilizations that make it thrive and continue, we're all there. We have the top universities in science and math and professional schools in the world by far. We're energy self-sufficient. We're the second largest and most efficient food producer. We have the longest constitutional uh, democracy alive right now. We're the only multiracial democracy that's ever worked in history. So by any standard of assessment, this shouldn't happen. And yet it's happening. And it's happening because we are, since the last year and a half, as I see it, this woke suicide has pitted one institution against the other, one race against the other. And we can see it in the Joint Chiefs. We see them uh, taking their eye off the ball and looking at, white whiteness this and whiteness that we've had retired military violate their oath of in the uniform code of military justice not to disparage the commander-in-chief they said vicious things about the president in the past we've got the cia compromised the fbi compromised from these years of investigation of that they were weaponized same thing with the irs so we were we're tearing the country apart in the faction of much more than 1968, more like 1860. And we're all even getting that geographical force multiplier where people have come to the conclusion that Portland doesn't work, Seattle doesn't work, Minneapolis doesn't work, I'm moving to Utah, Texas, etc. where we're getting these vast migrations where we're self-selecting. And uh, that, that if that keep, continues, we're going to have a red country and a blue country. And so... It doesn't have to be this way. And I think a lot of it is that the hard left took over the institutions of the corporate boardroom, the university, K through 12, social media, traditional media, Silicon Valley, entertainment, the foundations, Hollywood, professional sports. And even though they don't have the majority of the population, they feel that they have the money and the cultural influence to affect these changes, whether it's on the border or uh diminishing energy and uh, sufficiency or the redefinition of crime and defunding the police. So they're revolutionaries and they have all the institutions of power. They are not outsiders. These are Jacobins like the French revolutionaries. They have seized control of the things that make America work are not. So this is what they, this is what they said back in the 1960s when they went back to, to analyze, you know, where did they go wrong and what do we need? They realized they needed corporate institutions. They needed to be in the boardrooms. They needed to be in positions of power to be able to complete it. Do they succeed Absolutely. this time? Yeah, they did. They, they brag about it. No, they say, that but do they, su- the but do now. they succeed? Do they succeed in the end? I mean, are we, is this a, is this a sealed deal or are there ways to turn this around? No, I think No, I think people are resisting, and I don't think they have a majority. I think you're going to see it, a very close California recall. The idea that just six months ago, the two bookend governors, the pillars of progressive governance at the state level, Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo would be, Cuomo's gone, and I think Newsom may well be gone. A lot of Hispanic voters here in California 
that our Democrats do not like him for a variety of reasons, of which we just talked about. And so I think the midterm elections are going to be a pushback. These special elections are being a pushback. But everybody's got to get galvanized. And I think that's why they're so panicky that they're changing the demography at the border. They want to have a national voting law. They're talking about yeah. we're one vote, Glenn, from having an, uh, getting rid of a 150-year uh, nine-person Supreme Court, 180-year filibuster, 233-year electoral college, 60-year 50-state union. So all of these can be done or massaged by the Congress, and they're almost there, and they want to do it because they don't have popular support. So they want to change these institutions. Um, I can't thank you um, enough for being on with us. Thank you, uh, and keep up the good work. That's Victor Davis Hanson. Um, we have some more breaking news for you, and I believe we are going to talk to somebody at the airport in Kabul here in just about 10 minutes. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but I think that's where he's at. I hope he is off the ground, uh, but we will, we will see in just a few minutes. Uh, stand by. Uh, more in a minute. When you get right down to it, what is keeping you from switching your mobile service over to Patriot Mobile today? It shouldn't be that hard. It's not complicated. Patriot Mobile makes it incredibly easy to switch over. It shouldn't be because of the cost. Patriot Mobile offers you all of the same great service on the same cell towers as the big mobile companies for a whole lot less as a monthly rate. Is it because you're in favor of companies like Verizon giving a portion of your bill to uh, places like Planned Parenthood? I don't think so. Patriot Mobile instead donates to the kinds of American causes that you and I believe in. So it seems to me that the choice is really super clear. Make the switch. Just do it. Make the switch to Patriot Mobile today. Let's all send a message to those big mobile companies. Can you hear us now? Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. They also have special discounts for veterans and first responders. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares traditional family values. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program um, live from the Middle East. Um, I am hundreds of miles away from the Kabul airport, and uh, I know how I feel inside. Um, I cannot imagine being at the airport now. Um, it is, it is, there are three Marines we know uh, that have been hurt. Uh, we don't know any more than that. It is a suicide bombing. There is um, uh, there is uh, one infant that we know that have been killed, but they are hauling people around in wheelbarrows right now. This is this. I don't know how this is America. I don't know how. But our administration right now is loading up our airplanes, and they are loading up the 82nd Airborne. They are loading them up. And I, 
I know members of the 82nd Airborne. I know our Marines. There is no way they are happy about this. I cannot wait to tell you a story, but I'm not going to do it until I know our people are off the ground. But you, if you are, if you think you've even been close to angry, wait until, and I'm going to name names. It's not, it's not mine to tell. We have somebody who is on the ground, and it's their place to name names because they witnessed it, and so did others. But I will, I will do everything I can to make sure that that individual is held responsible. Blood is on their hands. Um, I would just ask that you would uh, pray hard for all of the people all over the world. Um, I'm expecting in 90 minutes to get a briefing on something we are uh, needing to change tactics. Last night, I, uh, I, I said to David Barton from Wall Builders, um, who is here, we're going to talk to him in a few minutes. Um, I said to him earlier, I, I think this is why we're here, um, because we... Not coincidentally, I mean absolute divine providence. We happen to be at the right place at the right time, and somebody who made the cut on coming over on the plane that I honestly wondered, why are we bringing this individual? But it just felt right that he was with us, and he happened to be the key on something rather massive uh, and there is divine providence. God is involved in all of this. But I am telling you right now, so is Satan. Evil is powerful right now. And I, I, I testify to you that we are going to become the darkest, most evil nation to ever, ever be on the face of the earth if we don't turn from this now, if we don't soften our hearts and turn ourselves back to God and plead for his forgiveness, we are still responsible for what our government is doing because we elected this government. We chose this evil. And we must beg for forgiveness and then do everything we can to be good and worthy of blessings because we are going to need them. Please pray for peace, pray that your heart is softened, and pray for a shield against this evil. Is the Glenn Beck Program. LifeLock. If you think the big companies you do business with can't have data breaches because, you know, they're big companies. Yeah. T-Mobile recently confirmed a data breach that could affect 47 million past and present customers. Have you ever had T-Mobile? Congratulations. Your stuff might be on the uh, dark web now being sold. It's really important to understand that it's going to affect all of our lives and you can't monitor everything. And monitoring your credit is just not enough. Monitoring your, your bank statements, not enough. 
No one can prevent all of this stuff from happening to you, but LifeLock is the best in the business and they will help protect what is yours. So save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com and then just don't worry about any of this stuff. LifeLock.com. They'll alert you if something's going wrong and help you clean it up if something did go wrong. Promo code BECK and save 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. The explosion by the airport uh, is unfortunately getting worse by the minute. We'll have all the breaking details coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck program live from the Middle East. I'm going to take you directly to Kabul, the airport now where our good friend and the founder of Mighty Oaks is uh, on the ground. Hello, Chad. How are you? Good, Glenn. How are you? Uh, Good. Um, You're still at the airport in Kabul? Actually, I'm I'm out. I'm in the same neighborhood you are. You are are out. So... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We, yeah. We okay. Good. Two, I've been we worried. Still have have, two of our guys, we still have two of our guys there. Uh, and so what about our, the our guys what sure. about the airplane? What about the airplane that was full of people? I don't want to tell that story. That's your story to tell. If you're ready to tell that, I'm just worried about those people. Yeah, uh, man. I, I wish I could. It's, it wasn't an airplane. It was buses. And uh, I, I wish I could say it right now, but we have to get our guys right. out off the ground first. That's fine. So. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so tell us, uh, tell us what you know, Chad. Tell us what the situation is like. You were there earlier. I, I know. Yeah, we. You know, we have a. Uh, you know, us together, together with the coalition we have, with uh, what you guys are doing at Nazarene Fund. We got fifty two hundred people off the ground, and that's. Uh, you know, it's it's one of these stories that. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to reconcile because you have this one side of you that's so happy and joyful. I just got back from the humanitarian center where we we've, have been bringing people in the country that we're in. And I got to see these people that I'm looking around and it just it overwhelmed me. And I got just so emotional because, you know, we've been working hard. So we, so hard all week, you know, I've only got six hours of sleep in the last five days and, and uh, we've been working so hard and to walk in to see these people and, uh, and know that they have a chance, they have hope and, uh, and, and see these little kids and, and I got to see my interpreter that, that I got out and his family and his kids ran up to me and hugged me. And I was just so emotional and overwhelmed. So there's this sense of joy, but then there's also this sense of what we, you know, what we've seen in Kabul where you have people left, uh, American citizens left, uh, people who are still in sewage ditches trying to climb their way over Constantino wire, throwing their kids. I didn't see it, but, uh, my buddy, one of my buddies, Joe saw, uh, three babies, dead in the Constantino wire where moms tried to throw their babies over the Constantino wire uh, or moms or dads tried to throw their babies over the Constantino wire, just hoping, you know, rather give away their baby than, than have it be under the Taliban. And, and the babies got tangled up in the Constantino wire and, and were dead in there. And, and, uh, you know, and now we're hearing reports of uh, dads shooting their daughters, not because they want to kill their daughters because they don't want their daughters to, endure the suffering of the Taliban. And uh, it's just a horrific situation. And my heart just breaks to know these people are just still 
they're up there and and we did it our government you know i've never as a proud american as someone i'm the most patriotic guy i think i know and and to ever feel embarrassed and ashamed uh of our country i sat in front of a this morning i sat in a conference room and i had four generals from a foreign military amazing nation that had helped these people 18 lawyers their minister of, of interior the minister of foreign affairs and I just thank them for helping us, but I also had to apologize for our country and, and, and putting them in a situation to have to help. And now our country, most importantly, what I think all your listeners need to hear is we still are not doing the right thing. The White House is still stopping people from doing the right thing. Our State Department is paralyzed. They will not move these people. And uh, they put it on the entire rest of the world is participating in this humanitarian crisis uh, of, on a biblical scale. But the one government that caused this problem is not participating in helping, and it's an embarrassment to our country. And uh, and and we need to, we the people need to hold our White House accountable uh, for this. And this is not a political statement about your Trump versus Biden and all that stuff that everybody's been caught up in the last years. This is about what's morally right as human beings. Uh, the world can't function this way. Not when the strongest. Uh, greatest nation in the world behaves this way and treats people this way. I I uh, I had a phone call with uh, uh, an ambassador of a country last night, and I had exactly the same um, same conversation, and I was amazed at how this country um, a dismissed America now, uh, just as they're just. You know, we we don't we don't trust anymore. Um, but also, who would not dwell on it uh, said, "But that's a different story. Um, this is about saving people." And here's this great country that wasn't playing politics at all, didn't care, doesn't no. want any of the credit, um, and they are moving uh, heaven and earth. And because of our State Department, their hands were tied. Yeah, we're talking about the same country. And it's like, I'm looking at these people. I'm looking at their military. I'm looking at their government, the volunteers, the workers. They're feeding these families. I went in the humanitarian center today. There's, there's doctors and toys for the kids. And it's amazing. And I'm like, you people are incredible. Like, they were so amazing to be treating these, these refugees this way. Uh, they feel like they're in a home right now. These people feel like there's, this is not a tent city. It's beyond unbelievable what these people are doing. And, and our government won't do anything. They won't lift a finger to help. I, I, think, I'm, uh, I think I'm at the place that... Um, I think I'm at the place that you are uh, without being able to see the humanitarian... Uh, side of it uh, because I'm kind of boxed in and not allowed to uh, go to some of the places that you are. And uh, I am, I, I can't tell you the, when you're only seeing the bad side, I, I feel um, such empathy for our soldiers um, because oh they, yeah. th this must be the way they feel. Because I, there's like, uh, it's just the walls close in on you, and you're like, what is happening? Well, I mean, how how these young, uh, obviously, you know, 
Mighty Oaks Foundation. You know me. Like, there's nothing more uh, I love and support. I've committed my life to our mil- America's military warriors, and so I love our troops. And and uh, but our military is not doing the job of the military right now. The State Department took over the NEO, and and the NEO, the non-combatant evacuation operation, which is a DOD function. Uh, the White House gave it to the State Department, and our State Department is using our military like embassy security. They treated that airport. They have no business. They don't know what a NEO is. They don't know how to run a NEO. That's not the State Department's job. The White House gave it to them because they thought our military was too emotionally attached to the Afghan, uh, to Afghanistan after 20 years. And the, and the State Department yeah, well, treated the, the airport like a embassy. They treated it like an embassy. So, so Chad, help me out with this. I believe that our soldiers, the, the boots on the ground, the people, you know, of the 82nd Airborne, et cetera, they're good, solid people, and they know what's right. But uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah. it appears as though the, the, the brass, it, it comes from a different place, cut more from, like, the White House. D- it, am I reading yeah, this wrong? It, you know- you're reading it 100%. Man, I wish I could tell you that story right now. And when I can, I, I want to expose this story because it's, it's horrific. But uh, the, I will tell you, you know, when from, you, from you tell the story and we'll get our teeth into it and I will, I will be right with you. I will not let go until those people pay. They have to pay. I mean, from, from I know. Uh, Joint Chief Milley on down, they, they you know, have made our, made our U.S. military uh, have used our United States military to to do a job in a way that cost America that's costing American lives and the lives of our allies, and it, and they've and 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 I couldn't imagine, you know, being in a, being in the position of our military service members right now, uh, and and being forced to do things that are immoral, inhumane, and uh, and against who who America is. They're against everything they raised their hand and made an oath to do. And uh, and they're being forced to do that by the leaders uh, in Washington D.C. sitting back and you know making decisions based on whatever the White House is saying, but not what's right. And, and what's made America always great is that America does what's at the end of the day. America, you know, does what's does right. What's right. And, uh, um, and uh, how right how, how many Americans do you think are going to be left behind? I I, I got word. I don't know if this is true now. I don't know what's true and what's not. Um, I got word that uh, the embassy staff, all the foreign embassy staff, left behind. Um, how many Americans do you suppose are left behind? Well, you know, we've continued to hear the number 10,000, but I've also heard that a number could be twice that many uh, because the State Department does not require you to register. You know, I think the one thing uh, White House Press Secretary Saki said was, that that's been right is that you know U.S. U.S. people don't have to register and uh, don't have to register when you leave, and uh, you know, it's the freedom we have, and uh, so that's not a very tra- that's not a very well tracked database that the State Department has. So the State Department really didn't have any idea, but between ten and twenty thousand were going to be left there. And look, the military, this is over. The military is leaving. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to wake up tomorrow morning, and. Uh, well, different, you know, I don't know your U.S. listeners, different time zone, but here, you know, it's, it's about to be night. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to wake up tomorrow morning and, and they're gone. Uh, well, the, the Pentagon just said that they aren't going anywhere until the 31st, 
but that's different than what we hear on the ground here. Um, you yeah. know, we, we hear that uh, things are uh, advancing rapidly uh, and they're pulling the troops out right now. Um, uh, you know, again, I don't know what what is true and what is not uh, unless we hear from the people who are actually on the ground and they've seen it. It, it, it appears it appears they're leaving now. If they stay to, to 31st, just to say they did, you know, uh, they may do that and they may leave a contingency just to say they did and pull out. But it, right now, there's really no relevance of them even being there because we are not rescuing uh, people anymore. You know, we we as the NGO doing this shut down. The military is not doing it anymore. The gates are sealed. Um, as far as rescue, it, it's. It's it's over. I mean, we've we've essentially handed over our citizens to the Taliban. Chad, and, you know what I believe to be the most horrific hostage situation in history of the, of the United States. You you had a plan. You had a plane that was getting ready to take off, and it it was canceled because we flew a plane in, and that hit a cap um, here where where we're at. Um, did that as that. Are those people safe? Those women and you know, children. Uh, that, that was women and children on on uh, that we were going to pick up that flight. Those those are safe. Yes, uh, thank okay. God. And, and you know, and and look, we, we you and I talked about this. Everyone was just trying to do the right thing at a thousand miles an hour. No, I know. And, uh, and no, I know. And, uh, and it's a good thing. <laughs> so you know, they have you just they've just. <laughs> I, I know it's just been on our uh, on our mind uh, and on our heart that these people were yeah. uh, possibly trapped as things get better. Thank God they're out. No. Um, yeah, they, yeah that, that was a, that was a success story. So I don't know where Good. they are, but I know I know they those people didn't get put back out the fence. Okay, um, let us know, Chad, when uh, when we can uh, uh, help expose what's going on um because uh, I, I i know the story that you have to tell uh and yep. it, it it will horrify americans it will truly truly horrify americans so um thanks I'm, for I'm everything watching, that you're watching doing my Chad. phone i'm watching okay. my phone for the wheels to go up in that plane and as soon as i do i'll text you so. okay thank you Chad Robocho, uh, I, I, I can't thank him enough. You should pray for him and uh, the Mighty Oaks Foundation. It is an amazing group of people who are doing incredible things uh, here on the ground. Thank you so much, Chad. Back in a minute. You know, your dog doesn't know the difference between healthy and unhealthy food, but his body does. When you're feeding him dry kibble food, for instance, his body is telling him that everything he's eating is dead and there's nothing really good for him. It might fill up his stomach, but it's not good. Kibble food has to be sterilized for long shelf life, has to be able to last on the shelf for two years. So what's missing are the key things that your dog needs. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all the stuff you need to be healthier and happier. And in a lot of cases... This is how it was with my dog, Uno. The dog simply stops wanting to eat. He just doesn't like it. A guy named Dr. Dennis Black decided to take the problem on. He created a product called Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's stuff you put on the dog food, and it's full of all of the healthy ingredients that your dog needs. 
Uno loved it from day one. I want you to try it with your dog. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Call them today. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. What this, um, I'm live in the Middle East, and I guess what I'm, I'm feeling, I have felt before, and that is when I first started recovery, when you stop drinking and you realize you have to just face the truth of what you've allowed yourself to become. It doesn't mean that's who you are, it's who you've allowed yourself to become. And honor and integrity and the truth are really the only thing that matter in life. Without it, you have nothing. Uh, And the truth is pretty ugly here. And it is, it's, you're not able to blame it on anybody but the United States. Um, What we are currently doing to the people in Afghanistan is a horror show. And I am so grateful for the hope that you have provided them and the hope that you provide me. Please keep all of our team that's on the ground in harm's way and all of the people in Afghanistan in your prayers. More from the Middle East in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program.